In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Word Anchor Podcast. The title of this episode is Be Loyal and Faithful to God in Times of Trouble. Lessons from the Book of Daniel. Trouble times are testing times, children of God. Troubles tend to reveal the character of men and what they stand for. If your foundation is not solid, challenges will shake you. Will you be faithful and loyal to God even when facing challenges? That's the question. Some people have given up on God because they have been hurt by their circumstances and failure to get a positive response to their prayers. Some have not managed to attain victory because they have not been equipped to battle. Jesus has established the church to be a strong force to be reckoned with. However, our strength comes from him, his word, and his spirit. What you pour in your spirit is what will come out when the time of need arises. A vessel pours out what it has been filled with. There is a time for shaking, a time for testing that reveals what's inside of you. That is the point where loyalty to God is tested. Will you be faithful to God at all times, even when things are bad in your life? The prosperity gospel prevalent these days has sold us this perfect picture of God who bows to our bidding. This God responds to the money that you throw at his servants by giving you all that you want. This is God that makes you rich simply because you have given to the identified cause. This is the God who heals you because you have obeyed and planted a seed. And this is the God whose children are not supposed to suffer. If they do, it is because they lack faith or they have sinned. We are being sold this gospel, a transactional gospel. This gospel is devoured of the finished work of the cross. When this prosperity does not happen, some followers will give up on God. Don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with being rich and prosperous. There is everything wrong, however, with thinking that prosperity is all there is in life. That view of life will leave you unprepared for battles. God made Abraham rich. But before he became rich, he was hungry. Right in the land he had been promised. He left his people and went to a land promised by an invisible God. But when he landed there, the land was not productive. There was no rain but famine. He left and went to Egypt and there pretended his wife was his sister and she was taken up by the Pharaoh then until God intervened. Abraham had nothing. He was in a foreign land, much further than his hometown. This was the God who promised him to be a great nation. Yet God prospered him through his troubles. He came out of Egypt with great wealth, praise God. Today, he would be told to give a seed in order to prosper. In fact, when he gave a tenth to Melchizedek, he had just battled out with five kings and won. He took a spoil and gave a tenth of that. Fighting five kings did not look like prosperity when he went there. Serving God does not come with an all-shall-be-well promise. King Solomon was a wealthy king, more than his father David. 
In fact, God promised him wealth when Solomon asked for wisdom. God gave him both. His father David suffered greatly before he settled in his kingdom. His sufferings took more than a decade. There was nothing he could do to stop the battles that he faced. He had to go through all of them. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being wealthy, children of God. There is everything wrong with believing in God because of the promised riches. Such believers last as long as they are in need. Once that need is met, they go on celebrating and forget about God. The journey with God is not a bed of roses. God wants his people to love him regardless of the situations they face. That is where he releases grace for victory. You may reach a T-junction where you have to choose left or right, even though you know the consequences of both. At times, the right road may lead you into even bigger trouble and even the loss of life. People have died for believing in Jesus. Stephen was the first to die for Jesus. There was no opportunity to shout, I receive. Stephen was stoned to death for Christ. James followed and was killed also. The church was harassed. People were arrested and beaten for believing in Jesus. They truly drank the cup of suffering. And God expected loyalty even then, even unto death. Centuries before that, in Babylon were Israelites that were held captive for many years. God had already spoken through Jeremiah the prophet that 70 years would pass. Therefore, they were to remain there, build houses, marry, and bless the land. Imagine having to pray for the land that is keeping you captive. They had to do that because God had already spoken that, and it would come to pass. Daniel, who captured the 70-year period through stories, was part of the story. And in the first chapter, he chose to not defile himself by eating the food prepared for them together with his companions. And the Bible tells us, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8 verse 18. Glory to Jesus. Daniel chose the glory that was to be revealed than the delicacies of the food of Babylon. Oh, what a glorious life that he had, even in captivity. Will you be loyal to God in captivity, child of God? Will you be faithful to God even during your circumstances that are not pleasant? That's the question. He rose to the highest office, Daniel and his uh, companions. His gifts brought him before kings. When all else failed in the land, he was called to bring solutions. He interpreted dreams and visions. His gift brought him before kings. In Daniel chapter 6, he faced the biggest test of his lifetime. You see, the Medo-Persian alliance overthrew the Neo-Babylonian Empire, consolidated power, including the Lydian Empire, which is now um, Turkey, Egypt, and parts of India, as well as North Africa. That was a vast kingdom. King Darius appointed 120 satraps who were protectors over the province of Babylon. Babylon was one of the provinces out of 127 provinces. This was a massive empire. He appointed three governors over Babylon, of which Daniel was one of the three. Right in captivity, Daniel had risen to a high office in the place of captivity. It was not a bed of roses. It was a difficult time, but he prospered right there. Daniel was around eight years of age at that time, having been in Babylon since he was a young man. He distinguished himself so much before Darius that he decided to put him in charge over the entire province of Babylon. So stories about Daniel must have reached him right from how he served before Nebuchadnezzar to his interpretation of the judgment over Belshazzar 
and the fall of Babylon. Now, putting a person who's not a Mid-Persian in charge over Babylon was a symbol of trust. This Darius trusted Daniel. It was not long before the other rulers sought a way to get rid of Daniel. He was distinguished in the way that he was working and he was faithful to God. They did not want that. Perhaps maybe his integrity stood in their way or that he was an old man and they wanted a younger person or it was just plain hatred for the Jews. Whatever the reason, their method and motive was evil. Let us read in Daniel chapter 6 verse 4 to 5. It says, So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find no charge of fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then this man said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. You see, Daniel did his job well. There was no fault that they could find in him. He was faithful. Not even an error could be found. What manner of man was this? He was a man walking with God. Praise the name of Jesus. He had the wisdom he needed to discharge his duties. His circumstances did not matter. He did not blame God for being in captivity for the better part of his life. He did not turn away from God because his circumstances did not change. But instead, he thrived in that captivity. God was faithful to him, even if he did not have the one precious thing he wished for, being in his home country, in Israel, in Jerusalem. He was in a foreign land, very old, but still faithful to his God, the very God that let him be in captivity. There was no one to hold him accountable for the law of God in a foreign land that worshipped idols, but he was accountable to no man but God, and would serve as God permitted him in that very foreign land which held him captive. Now a line was drawn for Daniel. It was a trap. These other rulers lied to the king and said, all governors and satraps agreed to the plan. Since they could not find fault in all matters, except if they trapped him on matters concerning his God, they came up with a plan. They would ensnare Daniel. And this trap appealed to the king, making himself more important and powerful before the people. That was vanity. This gave the king an opportunity to see loyalty to himself. Yet Daniel would prove his loyalty to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Everyone was to petition Darius for 30 days. That was the plan. And whoever would not do that, they would be put in the den of lions. You remember the story of uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah in Daniel chapter 3. They were in an even difficult position where the sin that was required of them, it was that of commission. They were called to bow to a statue. Daniel, however, in chapter 6, faced an easier situation, that is, a sin of omission. Not praying is easier to do if you are a lukewarm believer. This was an easier choice. It was not law to pray every day to God. It was right, but it was not something that he would be punished for not doing. Daniel could have omitted prayer and all would have been well. He had a choice. The three young men were forced to commit sin and they refused. Daniel had a choice to not pray, but he chose to pray, praise the Lord. That is a big test for loyalty to God. Would you stop praying if they said do not pray and if you do, you will die? Will you, child of God? Right now, in the middle of the pandemic, churches are closed in our country. Yet worshipping God is not an offense. People are able to have services at home, broadcast live on social media. Some are able to meet in smaller groups and some are choosing to go to the church building for worship. 
Some even get arrested for that. Daniel, however, prayed at home, and that was a punishable offense. Would you stop praying to God if your life was in danger? It is easier to say I will not bow to an idol and face death than it is to say I will stop praying for a while and avert death. You can even say you will pray in your heart and not vocalize it as an excuse or maybe as a way out of the situation that you are facing. This was a public test of allegiance to God. Now, Daniel used to pray at his home, facing Jerusalem and visible to other people. It was not something to be done for a show. It was not a group event. He was not even courting martyrdom. He continued in faithfulness and commitment to praying for Jerusalem and even the Babylon, which held them captive as per the instruction of God through Jeremiah the prophet. He had told them that they ought to pray for the land and bless it. He would face death for praying even for the very land that would bring his death. Would you pray for your enemies, child of God, even if that very act meant you would die for doing it? Daniel was found praying, as usual, not bothered by the decree which was sealed and enforceable. He was a governor, yet when they went to tell Darius, they referred to him as one of the exiles from Judah, not one of the governors or prime minister. It had to be a lower status, making it even more serious offense, or they were trying to make the king to be uh, more angry with the person who had committed that offense. Prayer to God constituted disrespect to the king instead of respect to God. When Nebuchadnezzar was told about the three young men's defiance of his order, he was very angry. However, when Darius was told of Daniel's defiance of his order, he quickly sought a way out of the decree. He could not find a way, and the evil man reminded him he could not change the edict. The punishment was to be meted. Darius said words that reflected an inkling of faith in the God of Daniel. He said in Daniel chapter 6 verse 16, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Oh God, just imagine a foreign king speaking words of faith to the servant of God. Had Daniel failed to honor God and honored the king instead, this king would not have gotten an opportunity to know God who delivers those who serve him, praise the Lord. The challenge that you face today, brothers and sisters, which you run away from, you pay money to attempt to bribe God to save you from, could be an opportunity for God to reveal himself to you and your enemies, just how powerful he is, glory to Jesus. God did not prevent the trouble from happening in Daniel's life, but he took him through it safely. Do you trust God enough to take you through your situation safely? You might just be required to walk through trouble with both eyes wide open, with your own two feet in the name of God. At times when we're given a choice, we would rather choose the easier way out and walk away from the trouble. I remember almost walking away from an impending trouble. There was an easier way out that could have saved me tears bitterness and anger. God quickly reminded me how he brought me that far and I got up, took the challenge head on. It took a whole year to get out of that den of lions, but God saw me through it safely. It was painful, of course. It was scary. I was deeply hurt. I got angry and I got sad, but God kept me through. Darius sent Daniel to the lion's den with a word. Words are powerful, people of God. Even when they are spoken by unbelievers, he said, God will deliver you. Darius spoke words of faith to Daniel. He did not just end there. He went to his room and fasted and did not allow musicians to come. He changed his normal nighttime activities and was sad for Daniel. 
Lions would eat anything living that comes before them. It would never be normal for a lion not to eat him unless they were tamed by him. So it was outrageous for the king to wake up in the morning and call Daniel. It would have been pointless to go find his bones in the first place in that den of lions. Yet the king had hope, more hope than some of us when we're facing challenges. I am reminded of the women that went to the tomb of Jesus to eat spices to embalm his body, though he had told them that he would rise on the third day. They went there not expecting to see him alive, but they went there to embalm his body. Because if that was so, they would not have taken the spices. So this king, Darius, had faith in God, the God of Daniel. Darius had hope in the God of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6 verse 20, we read about him calling Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? What a call. What a call. A king that threw Daniel in a place which was supposed to kill him in a very short space of time was calling him. He was calling Daniel, though Daniel was supposed to have been dead already. He called out to a man that everyone in the land expected to have been dead already. Unlike the three Hebrew young men, they were seen walking in the fire unharmed. So the king called them out because he saw them alive. Darius did not see Daniel. He called him out of the den of lions. He was expecting him to respond. Oh, and he did respond. Oh, king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, oh, king, I have done no wrong before you. What a wonderful experience that Daniel had. He had acknowledged that God has sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. Then the king ordered that those men that came up with this horrible and evil plan, they must be thrown into the den of lions. And the lions had a nice breakfast. Glory to Jesus. Now it was time for this king to acknowledge God as Nebuchadnezzar did. And he said, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? Daniel 6 verse 26 to 27. The prosperity of Daniel was not because God blessed him with wealth and comfort. He prospered because he served God and was loyal to God consistently. And God used him mightily before kings. His relationship with God was not subject to God giving him houses, lands and horses and chariots. He loved God even when all he had for food was vegetables. He served God without the king's food. He chose a simple life as service to God instead of all the delicacies of Babylon. His praise was not subject to God giving him this and that. Some people today would say, I have tried God and it did not work out. What? Basically, they are saying they had asked for this and that from God, expected it and it did not happen. Therefore, God was not worth the trouble. Some would say that God does not exist simply because he did not answer their prayers, even of healing their loved ones. Would you continue serving God whilst walking to your death? Or will you choose to leave him for a little while just so that you can save your life? That was the crunch of Daniel's experience. People come to church today because of the promises of a good life. 
People come to church because of the promise that God will bless them. People come to church because they want to be healed, not because they want God. Their loyalty to God is subject to him coming through for them on the word spoken about him. So they hear a testimony about God and they say, I want to go to this God and I want to hear about him. I want to receive my own breakthrough from this God. But it's not about loving God. Daniel did not expect anything from God in order to serve him. He served God despite the risks that it brought to his very life. He did not wait for a blessing before becoming loyal to God. He loved God for who he is, not what he could do for him. Today, God seeks such as Daniel was. Those that will go on serving God despite their circumstances, despite the threat of losing your job, despite the threat of losing your health, despite the threat of losing your marriage. There are people out there looking to see if the God you serve will deliver you. That means there might be a call to a den of lions you might have to walk through. There are people that may trust your God even more than you trust him. People that will declare that your God will deliver you and yet you will turn away from the very same God. How will he deliver you when you have run away from the challenge that you are facing and bowed down to the pressures of society? We have seen servants of God using the name of God to steal money from congregants. Could it be that they are afraid to walk through the den of lions of financial trouble? Could it be that they do not trust God to feed them through the ravens as he did with Elijah? Believers will walk to a medium today simply because they cannot walk to the den of sickness. Believers would walk through a path of bribes simply because they cannot walk through the den of unemployment. And those that could have known God who delivers you would never get to know him through your challenge. In Romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 39, Paul sums it up nicely. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. May tribulation never separate you from God, not even persecution, not famine, nor nakedness, nor peril, nor sword. May you be firmly established in God, brothers and sisters, in his word and in his spirit. May your challenges never drive you away from God, but right into his loving arms. May you stand against your enemies and conquer in the name of Jesus. May the Lord strengthen you as you face the challenge you are facing right now. May you have the courage to go through it. May your faith rise in the face of adversity. May your God whom you serve deliver you from the den of lions before you. Trust in God and lean not in your own understanding. God vindicated Daniel who chose him instead of apostasy. Choose God. Be loyal to God at all times. Be faithful to God at all times. It is written, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. At times you would be called 
to drink the cup of suffering. God expects loyalty and faithfulness from you, child of God. Will you stand and remain standing, fully armed, believing in God, trusting Him, loyal and faithful? The Lord expects this of you. May He strengthen you in your journey. May He give you power to stand against the walls of the enemy. May you not be drawn away from God because of your circumstances. He is God. He remains faithful. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the word of God your anchor.